is going on, guys? And welcome to the Clubhouse Sports Podcast. I am your host, Frankie Estreb. Um, I have a good episode for you guys. It's a bit long, but uh, but it's worth it because it's endgame, and we had to go in. We just had to. And I also have my uh, post-draft reactions, which are a little late now, but they were early at the time because I did it right afterwards. But, uh... And then you can follow us on the Twitter at uh, the Clubhouse 15. So, uh, and then, of course, if you haven't subscribed on iTunes, uh, go do that and give us a rating, review, whatever. Uh, it really helps out the show and, you know, what I'm doing this for, which is fun. But it's it's also, you know, it means a lot to me if you go and do that. Uh, and then before I let you go and listen to the rest, I want to give my thoughts on the Josh Rosen trade because I didn't uh, in my in my one of the segments with the, with the draft because uh, it just happened last night. So he's been traded to the Dolphins for a twenty for the second this year, right? Which was which was used and a fifth round pick next year. I uh, this is good for Josh Rosen. This is nothing but good for Josh Rosen because there's potential here. Um, I I like him as a quarterback. I know it's it's weird to say that now because he had such a terrible season last year. But when you have Mike McCoy as your offensive coordinator, you have the offensive line that they had, um, which wasn't as egregious as the um as it was made out to be. Because if you look at advanced analytics, it's only like a, it's only like. A, a difference of two or three uh, percent in terms of um, pass blocking grading of like another quarterback that that was doing that performed fine this season. I forget who it was, but um, yeah, I I think it's good that that I like him as a quarterback. I think he's a smart kid. I think he has the right confidence coming into the NFL, and I think he has a chip on his shoulder now to prove these the Cardinals wrong for, for giving up on him so soon. And I think part of that is, if you look at Jared Goff and Mitchell Trubisky, they had bad seasons on uh, in their rookie seasons on terrible teams, and then they've turned it around, whether you like them or not, as quarterbacks. I think they're good system QBs. And I think Josh Rosen has uh, definitely he'll fulfill his potential to be a, a good system QB depending on the system, but also he could be a franchise QB. I think he has all the tools. I think he, his accuracy and arm strength wasn't showcased enough in Arizona uh, because of the, whether it was the play calling or just dumb simple rookie mistakes, and you can improve on that. And I think, like I said, he has all the tools to be a great NFL quarterback. But I'll let you go listen to the rest of the podcast. What's going on, guys? I am here at 12.13 on Friday morning. Uh, Post-draft reactions, raw reactions right after the draft. Uh, a couple things to unpack here. We have the um, Kyler, not a surprise, number one. Bosa, not a surprise. Uh, Quinnen at three, not a surprise. Uh, that all, all the defensive guys at the beginning, uh, not a surprise. But I think the Giants... You could say that it was a surprise, but it really wasn't because you hear out recently, oh, Daniel Jones, six, Dave Gettleman really likes him. And if that's your guy, that's that's fine with me. I'm I believe in him. But it's a reach. 
It is a reach. Um, and don't act like you're not going to reach if you are going to reach and you're going to, and you're, that's going to be your guy. Cause you oh, well, we'll see how the board falls. Well, uh, we won't reach for a need. We will do all this and we'll just draft based on talent. Why are you lying, bro? Why are you lying? Gentlemen, why are you lying? Just be upfront with us. Oh, Eli still has stuff left in the tank. No, the fuck he doesn't, man. Why you just be up front with the fans? That's all we ask, bro. That's all we ask. Good. Allen's sitting there at six, and you pass on him for Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, and I, he's probably a nice kid, and he'll be a fine football player. But Allen's going to be a better football player. Haskins is probably going to be a better football player. And um, you could have gotten him at 17. If that's your guy, you could have gotten him at 17. And he's a giant now, so I'm holding out hope. But... um. I, I think he has some traits that can translate to a good NFL game. Uh, he's He can escape the pocket pretty well. He has a good arm. Uh, not as good as Haskins or Locke, but he has a good arm. And uh, he he's pretty athletic. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I just think it was a big reach because you could have gotten him at 17. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, also who was our pick at 17, he um he's a run stuffer and we already have that in Dalvin Tomlinson. And we have BJ Ho on the other side. Like I guess we can rotate them in and out, but come on. You could have gotten Sweat at seventeen there. You could have gotten Juwan Taylor. You could have gotten Dillard. Um Like it's just underwhelming. The picks in my book at least, it's underwhelming. Where I had these prospects positioned on the board and where they were, the Giants took them. They reached on Jones, and I think there was better options uh, at both spots, 6 and 17. But moving on to the other two teams in the NFC East, I want to talk about the Redskins, who um, they got a hell of a guy in Haskins. He's smart, he seems like a good kid, and he can throw the football. He can, he can navigate all facets of the field. He can throw short. He can throw intermediate. And he can throw the ball when he has to. He has an arm. Um, I said this with SZ, SZG Sports. He uh, best quarterback in the draft. That's all I got to say on it. And the Redskins, I'm not going to say. I hope he torches us uh, two games this year and in the future, twice a year. But Gentleman deserves it. And Haskins deserves to prove the Giants wrong. Um, and they also got Montez Sweat, who is heart, uh, his, his heart disease diagnosis, uh, seems to be misdiagnosed. And that's the reason he fell to 26 and the, and the Redskins were able to trade back into the first round and grab a hell of a, uh, hell of a football player in him. He's one of the lengthy, uh, tall, quick defenders in this draft, like Allen or Burns, um, and, we, and he had a great combine and a great senior bowl. So the Redskins had probably the best draft tonight. The Giants probably had the worst uh, expectations factored into that. Um, Packers also had a very good draft with Gary and uh, Darnell Savage, who moved up on draft boards. But Gary fills a, a need at the edge position. Um I mean, you have Darius Smith, but he's more of a rotational guy. They kind of overpaid him at linebacker. He's going to be a pass-rushing linebacker. Um, but Gary, there were some 
concerns about his uh, athleticism translating to production. I think that's not going to be a problem at the NFL level. I think you can't really go by production in college as much as you should go by traits. So I think he'll be fine. I think uh, the Eagles also got a hell of a pass blocker in Andre Diller, the best pass blocker in the class. Um, he, you got to protect Carson Wentz. Injury concerns have been the main problem with Wentz so far in the league since he came in, and I think that should help solve that problem. Uh, what else? Oh, Denver got Noah fan. No, no, they didn't. Do wait. Oh yeah, they did. I'm thinking ten, but Denver got Noah fan after they traded down with uh, the Steelers, who got Devin Bush. But Noah fan should be a pivotal uh, piece in that Denver offense. He, he should have a pivotal role with Joe Flacco, liking to throw deep, especially to his tight end. Watch out for him to make a fantasy impact, and T.J. Hawkinson too. As a weapon for Matt Stafford, but also not so much fantasy-wise, his blocking, like I said in my mock draft episode. What else do I want to say? Um, What else? I think it's a surprise the Giants didn't grab Jawan Taylor at 6 or 17, uh, or Dillard, really. But Jawan Taylor's going to the second round. That's a big surprise to me. The Patriots grabbed Ankiel Harry at, uh, at 32. Over DK Metcalf, who's also didn't get picked in the first round. He's going into the second round. Um, Byron Murphy, Greedy Williams. Some some big names going into the second round. Someone who made it into the first round was DeAndre Baker, who the Giants moved back into the first to grab him. I like that pick. I That's the best pick in the night from them. Uh, doesn't fix the Daniel Jones debacle, and it doesn't fix uh, Dexter Lawrence, in my opinion. But DeAndre Baker, a good, solid cornerback, should be a number one corner for us going forward. He can play zone. He can play man. Uh, he plays very hard, and, he, and he's strong. So that should translate well at the NFL level. And uh, it was a good pick. That's all I got to say on that. Uh, what else do I want to add? Nothing really, man. Uh, I'm recording this before I see Endgame. I'm the other part of this podcast will be a group, uh, a collab, I guess, with uh, Roy from the Mitchell Report and uh, Ty Yeager from the At the Line podcast covering the Spurs. But we're going to talk some Endgame after I see it. You'll get my raw reactions to that as well. Um, if I sound a little dreary, it's because it's early Friday morning. I have school tomorrow. Uh, this is right after the draft. I'm sorry. But I wanted to get my raw reactions out uh, before others did. And this episode should go up Friday night or Friday or Saturday morning, depending on how I feel. So, yeah. I'll see you tomorrow night. What's going on, everybody? I am here with a couple of guys. Uh, Firstly, Ty Yeager. Uh, Ty, you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on with your podcast? What's up, guys? I'm Ty from At The Line Podcast. Uh, we're mainly a Spurs podcast, but we've been throwing in some pop culture lately. But we're mainly a Spurs covering podcast with me and my co-host, Mac Pena. We just cover a lot of Spurs. Fortunately, we're in the playoffs. We have Game 7 come up, for at least for our team, on next Saturday, the next Saturday of whatever we're recording this podcast. 
Super excited about that. But if you want all Spurs, NBA, a little bit of pop culture, hit us up at the Line Pod on Twitter. And uh, Rory, how's it going, guys? Rory, official Rory, the Twitter. Um, this is my podcast, which we're going to be talking almost about everything. So anywhere from video games to relationships, uh, interviews with different people, creative people in the in the in the art and space of entrepreneurship, also too. Great. Sounds good. Uh, Well, we are joined here today. We're going to talk Avengers Endgame. I I am fresh off of seeing this, so I'm going to defer to um, these guys to talk about it a little bit while I organize my thoughts on the movie. Uh, But before we get started, we got to say spoilers, spoilers, spoilers are ahead. If you've not seen this movie, you have to go see it. There's no question about it. Yes. You have to go see this. You cannot let us spoil this movie at all. And I'm putting spoilers um, in the title. So Perfect, but positive. If you haven't seen this movie, pause the podcast. Go watch, Go spend eight bucks on a movie ticket. Spend three hours and try not to pee your pants. And then come back and listen to this podcast. Well, it's 15 where I live, but... Uh... <laughs> it's 15 also too where I live, so I don't know... I guess you're playing. You're paying uh, fifteen plus whoever you decide to bring to the movie with yourself. <laughs> yeah, man, jacked up prices. But anyways, yeah, I said I will defer to uh, Ty. You can start us off. All right. So where to start with this movie? Yeah, yes, that's that's what I'm struggling with. Thoughts, this movie is amazing. This is if you're a fan of the MCU, this is a love letter to you. This is a amazing movie. It has so many callbacks, so many references. It has full emotion of sadness, laughter. You will cheer at this movie. This is just too good. Rory, you want to add to that? I'll add to it. Um, I still got a lot of questions. There's so many questions. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into all that. All about the spoilers. I love how they went back in time. Um, it, it was remarkable. I know when we cover this podcast, and we're going to talk a lot about what this, what, what the fellow just said there about the highs and lows of the movie. There was a lot of emotion, right? You can kind of tell that was in the middle of the movie, at the end of the movie. But you know, I'll be honest. I cheer for the villains when it comes to the MCV, the MCV, uh, you um, uh, realm, right? So I was all about Thanos. You know what I mean? I love my I love myself seeing some Thanos there. Yeah, so I'll just preface this by before we get into really uh, spoilery stuff. I want to say that I enjoyed my experience in the movie theater. I I liked the movie overall. I I thought it started off kind of slow, but that was necessary. It, it felt almost like we were transitioning right from Infinity War to Endgame as the, as, as if it was one long movie, um, and at least in the beginning. And it continued that way. But I think it definitely picked up by the second half, and it ended really strong. Yeah. <clears throat> Going through this movie, it's it starts off slow for a reason, because everyone is still mourning from from the, de- the devastation of the snap. And you're like, what do we do? The, and the characters are like, what, what the hell do we do? They get Tony back from space, Tony Nebula, and then they say all right, we're just going to go straight to Thanos. We figure out where he is, and then they figure out, oh, shit, the stones have been destroyed. What do we do now? And they're 
And it's slow for a reason because they have no idea what to do. Yeah. And but honestly, the biggest thing that did surprise me was how quick Thanos was like killed off at the and within their timeline. And we'll talk about the different timelines going on because that's a confusing thing itself. See, see, when the movie started off, yes, it started off slow. So when I seen them jump right to that, they went to the, the you would call it the garden of the farm where thought Thanos was. And I legit, when I saw that, I, my mind started running and I'm like, that's not really Thanos that that's there. I thought maybe it could be on the top of the building and just, you know, the sides just go, go completely crazy. sitting with, the, with our movie group and I'm like I was the only one in a row and I'm like freaking out I'm like really this is this, this how we're doing this right now like there's gotta be more that's is that the yeah movie? oh yeah it, it was, what's going on it was definitely like that for me it was like well oh okay that happened Thanos is dead how about that and I was like well shit what's this movie gonna be about now how are they and I know that time travel was kind of a thing that was everyone was speculating and so I was like Shit, they are really fucked, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, it didn't necessarily... Well, it surprised me at first, but my mind immediately went to, all right, we're not going to have Thanos in this movie, but they're going to try to get everybody back with the stones, and that's going to be the whole movie. And I was partly wrong, but... Uh, it turned, more, you're partly right, because they went, they did go back in time to get the stones from different time, time yes, points. Yes, but Thanos was reintroduced in a different timeline, which uh, we'll jump more into. All right, so how was the first scene for you guys when it came to Hawkeye's family just disappearing, and he doesn't even know it? No, he doesn't even know it until it's like too late. So I, I theaters packed, and I kind of take well with this one. When they started the movie off like that, I instantly said, "Perfect way." I like, I kind of yelled out enough to where people could hear. I wasn't like super loud in the theater, and I was like, "Perfect way to start the movie." It only makes sense um i think when when i i already knew it was gonna happen but then you heard all okay i had to basically turn you know to go over to the dark side you know no no pun intended there but he had to be able to tap into that next kind of orbit mindset with him as far as going vigilante going rogue yeah and it and it was shot really well to where that you don't even see them get dust. They he just turns his back, he's looking somewhere else, and suddenly they're not there. And you kind of see the little the little things of dust, but you don't see them go get dusted exactly like we did in, in Infinity War, which makes it even more like saddening for for uh, Hawkeye. He's like, shit, he just lost his family, and he doesn't even really know it. He just thinks he doesn't know where they are at all. Yeah, and they jump right into it too. I remember we went from. Uh, my theory at least went right from a preview to that, and it was just okay. We're and then you see uh, Jeremy Renner, and then it's it's just the movie now. And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And and this movie is is full of like call callbacks to a lot of the other movies. And so you first like the first main one you get is is uh 
Thor going for the head with Thanos, going back to that Thanos part before we move on. And say he just directly goes for the arm and then he goes for the head. And it's like shit. And it looks like that, like you know you think Dan- you think Thanos is gonna pull something out of his ass and do something and then sound like he's gone. <laughs> going back to the Thanos again, sorry. Yeah, but he just seemed defeated in that scene to me. So it it, it worked thing, out well. One thing I saw was that he was that he was um not I'm trying to get the word that he was satisfied what he done that what he did was all he had to do and he was a okay with it. It's and it's like he was in the retirement. It's like he was in the retirement home already, and he knew what his fate was going to be. They were going to find him, and I I literally thought they were going to be like, hey, like you know, like, well, we're the stone. He's like, oh, I did my job, and then they had to like send them off. Like I, I was like, see, I like how they did it. But in my mind, I maybe would have done it a little bit differently. You know what I mean? Okay. We're going to get into like the whole. Do you want to go over that now, or do you want to uh, wait? Uh, wait. I think we should wait. We should wait. We should wait. We shouldn't give, all, like, give all the give all the the power to the people who want to keep them listening. You know. Okay. So chronological order, essentially. So going into the next part, which is. A five-year jump. I was kind of expecting a year jump, but not like five years, like like that into 2023. And because I thought it was going to be closer off, but that time jump was a bit jarring to me. And I think that was the whole point of it. Yeah, definitely. I I agree. Jarring is the right word. Yeah, because they had they even tapped back into the whole like Loki situation when he was, you know. Um, with the handcuffs, you know what I mean, and and with the with the actual, I can't remember what it's called here again. The the cube, I like to call it the cube. The, the, the tesseract? tesseract, the tesseract, yeah. Like, I think that's where one of my questions started because I'm like, so he disappears. All right, so we'll, we'll come back to that because I understand I understand your question completely. So, yeah. so, so starting off, then we figure out that. Tony has a kid. Then it's all uh, Hawkeye's turning to Ronan. Yep. The one thing I did enjoy, though, the, that Captain Marvel was somewhere else. That she wasn't a main focal point of this movie. I thought I actually really. Oh, hey, okay. <laughs> that's not a good start. Really good, good. Because she isn't. She's is a new character, and so unlike these other new characters where they've been dusted off like that, I thought it was better that she was out of it. And then one thing I did predict though that I got Rexy was Smart Hulk or Professor Hulk. Whenever where Bruce essentially makes makes himself aware of and it and the Hulk spot. Which I, I kind of like that. Yeah, I think it added a different effect, and I kind of like how they paint him. Yes, he's green. Yes, he's bigger. But and if we want, I'm gonna do, do a little bit of a of a fast forward. I didn't expect what they with with Thor, and like how did him kind of look? Oh, and you know what I mean? I did. Like, I, 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 I did like everybody it. Everybody here was like confused or baffled. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't like it 
but it still worked out for his character because his and it, this movie is perfect when it comes to just care characters in this movie make the movie no matter yeah they are realistic characters or even a god you can relate to a damn god who is depressed because he's the reason that half the universe he thinks he's half the reason half the universe or universe is gone because he didn't make the right decision and it makes it all these characters are suffering in some way in realistic emotions that everyone can relate to and also just with thor being that way i love how they did the big lebowski kind of uh, metaphor with them <laughs> yep. i thought that was perfect So, so after that, then we figure out Tony has a kid, um, and that's where I really thought, oh crap! I think Tony's just going to take his, a back seat in this movie, and I thought he was at first. I actually thought that the introduction of Morgan was not—it was actually going to foreshadow his death, and it was going to be the final nail in the coffin. No pun intended. Um, or no irony intended or whatever. See? Yeah. I got some theories about Morgan, but that's going to come at the end. It's going to come at the end because I don't want to, I don't, like I said, I don't want to fast forward too, too quick ahead because it just kind of, I think I know what they're going to do. And if we go to the end credits and stuff like that, the speculation. And so, uh, when Morgan had that blue helmet, I was like, oh shit, that's rescue, which which is Pepper Potts' Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. But I thought I thought that was just kind of a Easter egg. I think it would actually come to fruition later in the movie. Yeah. But I kind of noticed that. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. It's a rescue helmet. But if you go back to the, which, which Iron Man movie was it? Where Iron Man. Was, was it three? Three, yeah. yeah. He had all those suits. Yeah, yeah. He had all those suits that were that were built. We, I, I kind of figured that, that, that you know, Pepper Potts is his character would come alive, but one of my one of my like low key theories going into the movie, and you know, and it, like you said, Easter egg is is one thing, but it does play a major major spot actually, you know, in in the Marvel universe. All right, so Scott Lang comes back from the quantum realm just because of a rat or a mouse, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, by accident. And the Kim, the Kim Jong. Uh, cameo i thought that was brilliant where he's the uh he's the uh security guard for the uh storage place yeah it took me a minute to realize it i was like some i because i watched videos before this and you realize that the russo brothers he because they executive produced a community where most of those act those actors came from so you have a few cameos and you have donald glover and and homecoming you have uh one of the guys in it's and uh Winter Soldier, you just keep having all these different cameos, and they had two different community camos cameos in this movie. Yeah, the the chick from in the elevator at, at in the seventies at the military yeah. base. I don't know her name. So, what did you guys think of? Uh, was it was it Cassie? Cassie growing up instead of being Dustin. Um, <laughs> that that's a that's a. That's a tough one because, like, I, maybe I'm not the right person to answer this. Like, I felt like I, I don't see. That's one of the things I, I may have 
looked over. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, 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 I feel the same way. I looked over that a little bit. Yeah. I, th- I think it played to do the heartstrings of other people, like fathers, where they they didn't get to see their kid grow up, which Scott Lang just didn't get to see his kid grow up, which I know that kind of tugged at my emotions a little bit because I kind of made the connection. But I real whenever you whenever I was watching this movie because I was in a more of a quieter crowd, I could hear sniffling throughout the whole movie just from people crying. That. We're gonna talk about that. Oh, it's like, but it, it, there's crying throughout the movie. It's not like there's one. It's not like you just cry at the end. You cry throughout this damn movie if you don't if you don't have the emotional emotional strength to hold yourself together because you will but, be crying. Throughout this whole but movie. was it okay? Okay, so there's three of us here. Uh, there's three dudes here, like that are doing this podcast. Was it really that serious though? Like I, I felt a little bit of emotion. Yeah, but a not little to bit. The point where I'm like, okay, like really, like I cry in movies. I won't lie, I'm a superhero man to admit this. <laughs> I Ma- cried in some movies, but I don't think I'm crying in a superhero movie. Maybe oh. it didn't uh, pack uh, in terms of Cassie. It didn't pack enough of an, of an emotional punch for me. Uh, because it got overshadowed in retrospect, at least by the other yeah. emotional moments in the movie. Yeah, but but as a whole, movie as a whole, you one you guys got close to crying at least somehow. Oh, I cry. I yeah, I cried for uh for the Spider Man stuff. No. Oh, all right, we'll come back to that. Uh, but on the topic of crying with movies, I think the one movie I didn't expect myself to cry at was Deadpool two. What? <laughs> no, hold on. I remember the scene where he has to let go of Vanessa at near the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, that, that's where I start crying. But you're, you're being real right now, right? You're, I'm you're, being real. I'm being real. I was, no, I honestly was not expecting myself to cry from a Deadpool 2 movie. I was not expecting it. It was just a really emotional scene. But come, we'll, go, we'll come back to crying later. Can I just add uh, on the opposite end of the emotion spectrum that some of the comedy in this movie was misplaced? I didn't. I can't recall a scene of co- where comedy missed me, but there could easily have been some times that I just missed. Yeah, I, I think some of the Bruce stuff, um, some of the Bruce Banner stuff when he was oh. first introduced as uh, the the cross between uh, himself and and the Hulk. I think he was being a little a little too lighthearted. I think it fits with Paul Rudd and Ant Man because that's like that's Paul Rudd, but it, I feel like it should have taken up a more serious tone. And I can't place a certain moment that I I want to call out, but I think it, it, that's something that stuck with me. It was more because I think it was because wasn't it after the five year get, jump though? Yeah, but so, but still. So I- so I felt like they had moved on, but I honestly loved the banter between Bruce and uh, and Ant Man in that scene with the photo. <laughs> Actually, that honestly, loved it. that was funny. That that had the theater in in a little bit of shambles. Also, too, like I think it. I and that's what I say to anybody that that's going to go see this movie that I'm listening right now. Hopefully, when you go see this movie, it's not a quiet theater because I think you need to have a full theater and hear the reactions because yeah. it's a lot of mixed emotion. There, there was like we decided at the beginning of the podcast. There's there's times of laughs, there's times where there's there's crying. Like this gentleman saying that there's there's um crying stuff like with the movie. I, I felt her full up crying at the end, but you know we're gonna get to all that. But it, it's yeah. like 
it was very mixed. It was very mixed with the laughter. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. um, you talk about you talk about like the scene with like Ant Man in the diner with Hulk. Like there's there's some it's it's not ha 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 funny. Like if you if you have a sense of humor, you'll smile a little bit. You know, you'll kind of like nudge the person behind beside you and whatnot too. You know. Yeah, oh, yeah. This movie is just a good overall when it comes to emotions. It, that and I think it does a really good job of balancing it. And I think that I think it's good that there was some lightheartedness in there, just to balance all the sadness that you will experience. Which I just thought was a good balance overall. That's you know? that's a fair point. All right, so so finally they figure out. Oh shit, we got time travel. We can do try time travel. Tony finds out time travel is successful. They work with Ant Man. Uh, uh, My bad. Thinking of keep going. Ready for this? Uh, But uh, yeah. So going back, go to the scene where so they do the time travel where Scott gets a goes to three different age age gaps. That that was (laughs) funny. I I like that scene. That was kind of cheesy. That was cheesy. Uh, to me, it was cheesy, but no, yeah, cheesy but funny. Yeah, that that exactly what Ty said. Cheese. It, it had a cheesy quality to it, but it was endearing. All right, so, so then they, so then they finally figure out the teams and all that, and they do so many callbacks. I love that. The one, the one stone they try to explain is the reality, the reality stone with uh, Thor. So he tries to he tries to recap the the dark world everyone's like least favorite Thor movie or any movie in the MCU. <laughs> yep. And so he tries to recap in, in his depressed, drunk way. Yeah, that was, it was funny. This, uh, not funny, but it, I don't want to overuse the word funny, but uh, nice to see Natalie, uh, Jane Foster have a, have a oh, yeah. little, I, I guess a cameo. Well, she did have her own cameo. Right. Uh, yeah, but, on but here's, here's where my questions fall his mom is supposed to die in that exact same frame. Is it, is it, is that not what's supposed to happen? No. So she's supposed to die that same day that they do that. He, him, him and rocket travel to that day. Yeah. And so, and so rocket's trying to get, keep him in the game, but Thor is thinking, shit, my mom dies today. This yeah. is the last time I get to see my mom. And I know that was another emotional heartstring for not tort for me too much, but I know for others just because it was him talking with his mother before she dies because he knows that that's coming mm-hmm. and she gets he gets to have a really deep conversation with her as a result also uh i forgot what her name the actress name is but she has more lines in endgame than she did in her in the first two thor movies combined <laughs> <laughs> she, she made her millions <laughs> yeah right she did so then we have the three we have the three different teams or the four different teams so we have Thor and Rocket going to Asgard to get the reality stone from Jane Foster. Uh, we have Hulk, Iron Man, Captain America, and Ant Man going to New York to get the to get the Space Stone, the Mind Stone, and the Time Stone because they all happen to be in New York at the same time. Then you have Don Cheadle is a War Machine and Nebula going to uh, to uh, where is it Morag where More, the yeah. Power Stone works. Peter Quill got the Power Stone, and then you have a uh, Hawkeye and and a uh, Black Widow going to Vormir to get the Soul Stone. Going back to the Power Stone scene, I love that they took the music out of Peter Quill's opening scene and you just have him singing singing to the music badly. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I do love that they revisit all these different other movie scenes, and they do, I know it's not a recreation, but they kind of use them, especially the, especially the uh, Guardian of the Galaxy opening scene. I really love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I know in these in these scenes, there's a lot to pack in when it comes to callbacks and references. So we get the Peter Quill one with the Power Stone. Then in New York, there's so much to unpack here. Yeah. One. All right. So let's start with uh, the Ass of America. <laughs> I, he that is the Ass of America. I was not expecting that kind of humor coming out of this at all, and I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I think it was needed, though. I think I think it it, it was it, like you. We talk about how the balance is the high low moments. You know what I mean? Again, Pax, I'm sure there was like at least sixty to seventy percent of the theater that was chuckling when they heard that reference come out. Right? So it was it was again. Like, I don't I don't want to. I'm not even thrashing. <laughs> it's good. You know what I mean? Like it was over ten feet to offset. You know, just to do that too. Then uh, the one I do like that they they set up so you don't have to see you don't have to see um, the Winter Soldier, but saying that uh, that the that the Hydra guy that the guys that were getting the Mind Stone were the Hydra, and Ant Man's like they look like bad guys. How did you guys not know this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then this this leads to Captain America going to the elevator, and it's like a shot for shot re- remake of what was going to be the elevator fight. And I thought, oh, I'm so ready for a second elevator fight. And but then, but then uh, they pull they pull one from a new scene from a one of the latest comics of where Captain America says "Hail Hydra" to uh, fool them, and I thought that was. Damn, that is clever as hell. Yeah, they even tied it in uh, referencing Hydra, and then they pulled it together with that. So, Which I thought that was amazing, and then that leads to uh, Captain America going to fighting himself. And I, lo- I love that. When he runs himself, he's like, oh, shit. But I think we're skipping. I think we're skipping. Uh, I think we're skipping now. I think we have to go back to and kind of rewind. Oh yeah, so go back, rewind, to, rewind. To, Sorry, I'm gonna to, to Loki. Yeah, to Loki, and when Loki. Oh yeah. Cups now, and I, and I just said it kind of when we were starting. Uh, where did Loki go? That that's oh. my only question. I have that. Where so did he go? the way they explain they explain the time travel in this one, it's not like Back to the Future where if you mess with something in this timeline that it. It affects the future, which I was very confused at first until I watched some videos on it. So, like, it makes sense whenever they do say it because Bruce Banner talks with the uh, with uh, ah, what's her name? Uh, Flip, I forgot her name. The uh, Sor- Sorcerer Ooh. Supreme, oh, the ancient one. Oh, yeah, the ancient one. That's her name. So, it's a the timeline it goes, they have their own timeline that, that is occurring. So no matter what they do, it's going to stay the same. The problem is if they do make a change, it's going to branch off a new, a new world or a new universe. It's the multi the multi universe theory or the multi or the many worlds theory, where you make one change, it makes a new branch that's a different universe or a different time altogether. So since Loki got out, I don't know where he went. 
I don't know where he go he goes, and I think that's it's purposely like that, so it's up in the air. But that means a new a whole new timeline has been made, and so that's where I think where some people got very confused. Where wait, if Loki escaped, wouldn't that affect everything? But no, it makes a whole different timeline. Does that make sense, Steve? Rory? It makes it makes sense. It makes sense, but that that's why I think we need to have like the Reddit. This is where the Reddit views do come in play. This is where I think the blog, the blog boys, and the YouTube channels come into play to actually explain this back half. Because I was kind of confused because I'm like, okay, so hold on, if he just disappeared, what? Like, and you just you summed it up very perfectly. You know what I mean? I think that's where I think a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast now can be like, okay. They may have had the they may have had sorry the same similar um, questions that I had, and it now can be summed up either through a YouTube channel or a Reddit. And Reddit. they they explain it pretty well in the movie too, if you're paying attention. Like Bruce says, because it's just supposed to frame it. The ancient one is really worried that crap that means a new world that we are going to defend. That means that we're going to suffer without the time stone. And Bruce says, no, that won't happen because we'll just return the stones back, which kind of makes sense to me. But also means that that you can't fix Loki leaving like that. You can't fix that. No, 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 definitely. Uh, I just want to add before we move on to uh, we'll do the cap stuff. But I want to add with Loki that I understand the multiverse um, aspect of it, and I understand the theory in general. But I don't know if I love that introduction into the into the uh, MCU as a whole. I don't know if I I like the concept being added to it. If they're going to continue because this in other movies. It can, it can make people like, cause here's the thing is this, like I've had people ask me, so how's the movie? And I'm like, have you seen all the movies leading up to it? Because that's right a big now, thing. Yeah. Endgame, basically the name is called Endgame. Like if you have not watched any of the movies, you're lost. <laughs> it's like, there's a it's few. Like, you have to watch the Thor movies. I think you can skip maybe some of them, but if you're not watching all the Avengers movies, and you didn't watch Guardians of the Galaxy, there's going to be parts of this movie that's going to be like, oh, oh yeah, I didn't know that happened. So, oh, well, what's going on? When it, when it comes to movies that are, are a must for this film, it's, of course, Iron Man. Uh, I'd say, I don't think Iron Man 2 is necessary, but if you want to know about more about Rhodey, uh, Captain America, most of all of those first movies, except for, except for uh, The Incredible Hulk, you don't need to really see that. Don't need to see Dark World. Because they kind of like sum up stuff with Dark World. Yeah. But you really need to see the rest of the movies behind that. You need to see Civil War. You need to see Winter Soldier. You need to see Age of Ultron. You guys see all these different films. I don't know if you need to see Captain Marvel, though. I... Captain, if Yeah, I don't think Captain Marvel is a requirement, but it doesn't hurt to watch so you understand why Captain Marvel is leaving Earth instead of staying. Because she's kind of the she's kind of the person that's in charge of protecting the whole universe as a whole in other worlds. Yeah, I think if you're you don't have to watch the whole movie for that. I think you can t- if you're tapped into the um into the internet and what's going on with it, and you can read uh words on articles about it, then you'll be fine. And that's you like yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So I do, do you think that. do you think we need to watch Black Panther now? Probably for. Um, for Endgame? No. Or, or for her Infinity War. More for Infinity War. Exactly. Exactly. So, there's still movies that you need. Infinity War is a must. You must see Infinity War 
for before Endgame, no matter what. Exactly. And but there's also movies you need to watch for Infinity War, such uh, as Civil War and Black Panther. And then for Endgame, you need to see some other. You need to see certain films just so you understand the callbacks or the references that they are making, or even the different movies they go back to within Endgame. Exactly, because if you don't watch Doctor Strange, that was a big part. Oh, that you was, need I think, to know even a, that was even a. I think that was a spoiler within the spoiler of the movie. You know what I mean? Because when when I can't remember her name right now, the ancient when one. He made pardon me. The ancient one. The ancient one. There you go. When the ancient one makes the reference, and she wasn't gonna give the stone right away to Bruce. It's like she had to go back in her mind and be like, wait. So if that's what happened in the future, into their into their future, we now have to rewrite kind of history. You get what I mean? So it yeah. was kind of like where another question you can pose is like, okay, so if if Doctor Strange doesn't become Doctor Strange, and if Doctor Strange does not give Thanos that stone, and we had didn't have to go into time travel, it's like what would have happened now into in, into everything. You get what I mean? Yeah, and so yeah. That's, yeah. that's where that comes back, where they need to return the, the Infinity Stones later in the movie. Exactly. And so they so they resolve stuff like that to prevent those additional timelines. But we, for sure, no matter what they do, their main timeline is always going to be the same. There's no affecting it. And so, so once they get the stones, so they get the, they get the Power Stone, but Nebula gets kidnapped, and it's like, oh shit, this is not good at all. Where she gets kidnapped by Thanos, and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is mm-hmm. fucked up. This exactly. is what the fuck is gonna go on now? Because it seems like everything's going <laughs> fine, and then it throws a curveball. It's like, he made you too sick. You got too comfortable. And I know I definitely did. I got way too comfortable, and then realized, oh shit, this is not gonna go well. This is not going to go well at all. But I think all. it was needed. I think it was needed because the way that the direction of the movie was, it's like, yo, there's too much good things going on. And that's why when I, I saw that, the power, like it's the power of Thanos, the power of the Sorcerer dude, just for them to tap into into that and then kind of been like, oh, wait, that's what I did in the future? Okay, hold on. Yeah, I referenced... I referenced earlier that I thought that when Thanos died at uh, in on in the garden, that he wouldn't come back. But I I was wrong, obviously. But it it and then when he did, it didn't really click for me until a, a different moment when he um when he when he when he was reintroduced when he got the uh, the Pym juice. Oh, the Pym particles. Yeah. The, the last trailer that I saw for this uh, for Avengers Endgame. I think was the ultimate. I think it had a spoiler into it, kind of spoiler Easter egg, because in Infinity War he didn't wear it in Infinity War, right? Right. But when you see that last trailer, you see the sword. It's in a poster also, too, and he's in his and he's in his gear. So I think that if you kind of look back at it now, when we that we we were like, so when was that happening? And it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, hold up. The time travel all makes sense. What we've been, what we've been knowing after Infinity War, like okay, they have to go back in time. I just didn't think again it would have happened like that. Maybe somehow, like in my in my twisted brain, sometimes in the way how methodical I can be, I'm like 
maybe there's two Thanoses. I know there's one, but maybe you could have somehow used one of the stones because when I was going to this movie, I said, if you go back to the last frame of Infinity War, and when Thanos hits him, not Thanos, when Thor, sorry, hits him in the chest, right? That if you look at the lighting, the lighting is in purple. And then when they go to the scene, right, where Thanos jumps to the scene, he's talking to the little girl, the, 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 the aurora of the actual um, of screen is like between a complex between red and purple. So I'm like, did he use one of the stones to heal himself? Which is forbidden. You can't use a stone to heal yourself. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, that was kind of like one of my theories I had. So I'm like, what is going on right now? Like to the point where I was, I was like, okay, let's watch the movie. Don't don't start thinking because I kept oh yeah having my brain and I was like, what is going on? Like yeah, I'm yeah, so excited yeah. watching it. But I'm yeah, like, you get, you get excited. Yeah, where did he get his gear from? Like, what is this? You get excited and you're like, oh shit, I gotta stop thinking. I just need to sit back and like enjoy the show. And so they kidnap they kidnapped um, Nebula and send and send the Nebula that's loyal to Thanos in, back with them. And then the other scene that's the major scene that we need to talk two other major scenes before we end the time the time heist is Black Widow sacrificing herself. Yeah. Big, big one. Um, I think it was a little drawn out. The I think when they, uh, you know, embraced at first, that should have been just her uh, doing the deed and then uh, getting it over with. I, I, didn't, I think it was a little drawn out having them, uh, you know, tussle a little bit and then uh, eventually she dies anyway. But um, they they kind of drew it out a little bit, in I'm my opinion. It kind of had me locked in, like, so I want Widow to do it, but is is the Hawkeye going to really take it from her? And I'm like, which one's which? They did have me like thinking, but I thought it was I thought it was going to be Roman off in the end. That's what I thought too. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think it would have been Widow. I didn't. I just didn't see it. I, it would have made sense. I think. It, I think. I think we would have been. I, well, I think I would have been happy either way. But I think it probably would have done a little bit more. It would have made a little bit more sense from the the, the core fans, right? Because he lost his family. Would he not want to not die and go off with his family in heaven or, or wherever? You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. So they, I thought it was really well done. And I love that they did kind of an imitation to Gamora's death scene, especially with the music. They used the exact same music. And it's like, damn. Because I really, I got I got teary-eyed whenever Gamora died in her death scene, and I was kind of getting teary-eyed with this scene just because of the music. The music in this movie is amazing. The score is just great. You really... The emotion comes out through the music. What got me uh, emotionally with this scene, well, what uh, capped it off was Jeremy Renner's uh, facial expressions and his... Well, the last one. The last two, really, because when he's in the uh, when he's in the water, but... Just him crying. Oh, yeah. Jeremy Renner... I think Jeremy Renner is very underrated as an actor because he, he does a great job, especially with a character that's kind of played off as a joke sometimes. He does a really good job with this character. Yeah. Not even I in, not appreciate even in, you for saying that. I appreciate you saying that. Because not, not even... I think Hollywood doesn't give him where... Oh, definitely. Credits, you know what I mean? And... Jer- 
Jeremy Renner is one of my favorite actors just because from his performances, not as, as Hawkeye, but also in the Mission Impossible movies and stuff like that. But he does it, and I think he does a really good job in Age of Ultron, too, where he kind of has to regroup everyone in a way. And then he's trying to get Max, get Wanda back in the fight at Age of Ultron. And he just has, he does such a great job with the character. And that, I honestly don't see Hawkeye as anyone else but Jeremy Renner. He was, um, he was who I was most looking forward to, um, in this movie, actually. Uh, from a character's perspective, because, uh, Hawkeye, I mean, because you have the Ronin stuff after his, um, after his family died, which we knew was, they, they got dusted. I think the Russos confirmed that. Um, and I, I think I was just looking forward to seeing how he deal, uh, dealt with that. And I think, I think they pulled it off pretty well. Oh yeah. Agreed. He, I think he was a, one of the standout characters in this, especially when it comes to the emotional ties. Yeah. And so he gets this, he gets the soul stone and then they all, and, but before they all go back, because since they let Loki get, get away with the Tesseract, uh, Tony, Tony and uh, Cap have to go back to 1970 to one of the to one of the shield bases to break in, get the Tesseract, and also get some more pin particles so they can return back in time. But this also has a lot of emotions for both of the main characters. One, you have Tony running into his father and talking with him. And because we all know that Tony has daddy issues. It's... We, <laughs> We, that's been built. That's been built up from Iron, since Iron Man Two, yeah. Iron Man Two, and then Civil War. But having him be able to talk to his dad the way he did, where it was more friendly, and I know some people thought that it seemed slow. Was like this is a character moment. And then in the elevator, if you notice, he's like he can't help himself. He has to tell his dad that he has a he has a daughter, and so he just talks about his kid with his dad without his dad even knowing about it without even knowing it but then when he goes back to the to the to the vehicle the dad kind of he kind of picks up on something where he's like there's something or forget what the word he what he, the word and the phrase he said something familiar but about him it's something familiar about him and it's just like it's like he foreshadows like wait that's my kid without saying it it's like you could feel it also too i think out of all the scenes i think that's one of my favorite scenes i agree I, I think it was needed and it and it kind of sheds that light to the daddy issues you know what i mean and it, but it, it's it, an arc itself that the daddy issues close itself because this yeah this this movie closes so many character arcs that have been that have been stretched out between five six seven different movies and that was one of the one of the character arcs that really got paid off yeah. uh to, i think overall not just with him and Howard, but overall it, it uh, encapsulates his arc uh, in the movie because you have him started this as this playboy f- philanthropist. Got that off cleanly. Um, <laughs> so and then uh, and then a full transition to having a daughter, um, caring for Pepper, uh, finally learning how to love his dad, and then. Um, Saving the human race. Yeah, and it's there's another moment from. We'll come back to Tony's arc, but I think one thing I gotta mention though, when it comes to Tony's sacrifice, is that in the first Avenger, Captain America questions him, says, "Are you gonna be the man that that sacrifices himself for the for the greater good?" And that's exactly what Tony does. 
it's a, there's so, again there's so many damn callbacks in this film, and it's awesome, especially if you know what you what you're looking what you remember from these films. Yeah. How much more time travel stuff do we have to get through before we can get right, so to the, the, uh, the last one? The battle. Is, I know. The, all right, so the last one. There's like two more type things that we gotta talk about time travel wise. Last one. It last one for this scene is with Captain Captain America is seeing Peggy. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a that was a key moment in his character arc because through his character arc through all these films, he's been sacrificed. He's been a man out of time. He's been sacri- he sacrificed what he wanted with which was a life with Peggy to do what was needed. He sacrificed himself in his own movie. He d- sacrificed that. He just said, "Yeah, I don't have a chance at this life anymore. I'm just going to I need to move on." And then the time travel ability says he sees Peggy and they realize says, "I've been I've been selfless this, for this whole my whole character arc." think I, it's time for me to do something for myself but and he I, he makes that decision that he finally wants to do what he's he's always wanted to do for the past hundred years and that's the that one is where it, he needs to he needs he needs that scene is needed for when it comes up later at the end of yeah the and him and tony uh they they've switched i think we can say that tony's become the uh, no, they switch roles. I mean, uh, not fully, yeah. but because yeah. Cap's still a good-hearted person, and Tony it, it still has his cockiness. But it's it's. I'll say it a third time. They've switched. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then they all come back. They're all depressed about Romanoff uh, being being gone, but they successfully get the time stones. Problem is the new. The one, the uh, nebula that's dedicated to Thanos has returned yeah, with them instead of the original nebula. Which, so that sets up something different after this. So they get they get the time zone and it's Hulk, it's Professor Professor Hulk. I call it. That's why the character is now to me. That says that he can he can manage the power of the the power the Infinity Stones and makes the 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 snap back. That make the snap back. So here's where I'm gonna put things in. So when the new, so when the the new nebula right comes yeah. into play, I thought that this again. This is my my own mind here going. I thought she was gonna actually hold the glove ransom, and then she was gonna go zap into time. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought they were gonna set up to do, and I was like, oh my goodness, like that's what. Was, Going on my brain, I'm like, okay, if, if Thanos gets the glove, like, what now does happen? What what, what happens? <laughs> does he snap into their world and then basically it's like all out anarchy? Yeah, it's a, it was like, I think, oh shit. I think any way, yeah, I think any way you do it, even with the Hulk situation, you can see Hulk's after effects at the at the movie. Like, I think it was brilliantly, it was done such in a strategically way. I, I would have been happy either which way they would have done it, but I think it would have been. A more shock and awe value is if somehow she got the glove and then just time shifted back to their world, and it would have been all hell would have broke loose in that movie. I'm telling so you. the way I the way they did so, Bruce snaps it back, but you don't really see an instant change. You're like, did it work? Did it work? And they keep showing some subtle things where 
Yeah, the birds. There's a few more birds in the air. Then uh, Hawkeye gets the call from his wife. And you're like, shit, I think it worked, but we're still not sure. We don't see anyone (laughs) else. Uh, And then while they're trying to trying to figure out did it work or not suddenly nebula brings in brings back thanos with his fleet not just thanos alone because i thought it was gonna be thanos just by himself but brings it back that whole fucking ship yeah thanos booped their shit (laughs) and so and then they rain down hell on on the new avengers base I'm like, shit. Did someone die in this in this collapse or what? They nuked that right. shit. Right. Oh, I see got... the exact same thing. When those when those missiles were coming out, I'm like, who's that? Who's that? I'm checking. Who's that? Let's check purposes right now. Who's that? <laughs> and so they're all disconnected, discombobulated. And I love that. Out of all the people that got all the people that it was Hawkeye that had the Infinity Gauntlet next to him. And he's like, shit. And so they come down. Everyone is like disconnected. They're all disconnected. Jeremy Renner is trying to run away from from Outriders who are attacking him because he has the gauntlet. And everyone else is just trying to protect, get themselves ready. Then this sets up Thanos sitting, sitting and waiting, waiting for the gauntlet to come come to him. And so, and so, uh, try to think. So sorry, I'm looking at Twitter. Someone just tweeted out a straight up spoiler. I'm like, what the f are you doing on Twitter? <laughs> oh, I hate that shit. <laughs> you don't so, care. So, don't someone, care yeah, so but someone tweeted randomly. Romanov also died. So what? It's like motherfucker, don't tweet that. <laughs> Jackass. Oh, I hate that shit, man. Oh. All right, you this just saw shit. something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you guys know. Story. I, I like for the people that are that are listening to this podcast, right? They 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 obviously heard spoilers and whatnot. They haven't seen the movie, right? Somehow, that's that wrong. It's too late now. I've seen. I I saw somebody. They they screen recorded all the words they muted, and it was like eighty something. It was like eighty two words they muted. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that too. Avengers. I was like, what? This is crazy. This. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I saw uh, Lashawn McCoy. He tweeted. Uh, oh, Lashawn McCoy! I swear to God, Tony. That Tony. He Tony Stark uh, ripped Tony Stark, and he didn't even spell it right. So that's the icing he on the cake on that one. No spo- he didn't say spoiler alert or shit, anything like that. But no, I think he was trolling. He was just fucking with us. That fucker. But so <laughs> doesn't care. So go. So Thanos is on the open, and suddenly you get Thor, who has. Well, we forgot. We forgot to mention while he was back in NASCAR, he got his he got his hammer back. Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Got his mojo. He got his mojo. <laughs> and so it it's him, Captain America, and Iron Man who confront this new Thanos. This is not the original Thanos. This is the Thanos from 2014 before he goes on his Infinity Gauntlet run. No and stones. No stones either. No too. stones. Let's put that, and let's put that out there. And. This is a different Thanos. This is not the Thanos that we saw in Infinity War. The Infinity War one was more merciful. He was more calm and collected, if you look back at it. While the Thanos from 2014, the new Thanos they're going against, is more blood-hungry. is bloodthirsty more than the previous Thanos. And there's a a complete different difference in this Thanos. Still, it makes the character amazing. Because you get to see two different sides of this character. 
you see them evolve essentially in two different parts that are backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Thanos can still fuck up their shit though, even without the without the stones. Oh yeah, and this is the thing, right? So let's go back to his gear. This fight scene shows a lot because it's like when we go back to Infinity Wars, it was like Spider Man, it was um, Doctor Strange, Iron Man. I can't remember who else. But my brain's kind of shutting down. Right and now. and the smart. guardian, the guardians, and the guardians. Okay, and now this Thanos, 2014 Thanos <laughs> against Thor, Iron Man, and Captain Captain America is holding his own, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, the the one thing the stones did is the one thing the stones did is it was he was able to harness the cosm uh, the cosmic powers, but he can still he can still throw hands. Even without the, yeah. without the gauntlet. He threw fists. He threw fists. He, wait, okay. Can, can we? I thought I thought Captain America was gone on us when he started busting up that shield the way he was with the with the double edge uh, double edge uh, blade. I'm sitting here to myself and I'm like, okay, so Captain America is like he's he's gonna die, right? Oh but yeah, but, yeah. I got a really. So before we go there, uh, let's talk about let's talk about the scene that I think is my favorite scene in the whole movie. It's Captain America wielding it. Wielding Mjolnir. I thought, yeah. motherfucker, this is awesome. My my theater erupted. That was the first moment they they went apeshit. Yep. Oh, I went like And I was no, I was all, I was, I was on board, man. I was, I was doing it too. I went apeshit. I was like, shit, man. My theater went apeshit too. But because I and I love this, I love that callback where it goes back to Age of Ultron, where they're trying to lift up the hammer in in the at the party. No one collected, but it's Captain America that kind of gets that little nudge, and Thor gets worried about it. And then Thor says, "Once a Captain America has Mjolnir, he's like, Thor's like, I knew it." Well, see, so here's the <laughs> thing, too, right? Because when he wields that, I don't know if you guys are a wrestling fan, and I think the listeners, if they're wrestling fans, are going to understand this reference. The pop in the theater, like it was a, mm. a pop of a lifetime. Like, I never heard so many people just cheer all at once, and I'm just like, Jesus, you guys, because Thanos is on the screen, so I'm shutting up. I'm like, yo, Thanos, I, I need Thanos to take one of these guys out so I can start cheering. Like, it goes back to my reference. Like, I, I'm a huge Thanos fan. I love the villains, you know what I mean? Especially in these type of in these type of movies. You sometimes got to cheer for the villain. And just when you pick up the, when you pick up the, uh, the, the, the hammer, I'm like, I'm like, Captain, I'm like, Captain America, chill out. Like, you're doing the most strength I want screen. Like, when he did, like, a, a rendition of, I'm trying to pull this from a, from a video game. He, like, threw, like, an uppercut through the, through the, through the atmosphere, through the ground, and it shoots up, and it, and it hits that. I'm like, oh, my goodness. What is up right now? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> so, it's crazy. But Thanos is really powerful in this one, just without the Fendi stunts where he takes out, he takes out Thor and Captain America and Iron Man, and Captain America's shield is broken too. And it it comes down to where Thanos now has his entire army ready to, and he says, "I'm ready to destroy your puny planet." And it's like, shit, I thought, shit, Captain America is just going to get bombarded by fire and get killed this way. And then suddenly you hear Sam. Uh, uh, the Falcon in, it, in his ears sh- saying, on your left. Call him back to the on your right scene from uh, Witcher Soldier, which I thought that was a brilliant move. And suddenly, you get the sling ring from 
from uh, from uh, Doctor Strange. And here comes what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the. I thought it was going to be the uh, Guardians first, since that was where that's where Doctor Strange was first. But comes out T'Challa, Shiri, and uh, his mom. I don't know why his mom was there, to be honest. But that seems like shit's going down now because everyone's coming back. Yeah, uh, that was the most hype uh, the th- uh, theater I've ever been in when everyone started coming. And one of my buddies was like, why are, they, why are we cheering everything? Why are we cheering everything? And I was just, because this is the, the fucking biggest movie in the history of movies and everything that happens is a big deal. We're talking with you when all those characters come put back on screen. My theater, I think, erupted with Spider-Man. I, I like it. Spider Man. Spider Man is what Seth, but I, I don't think it's more than a fucking place. <laughs> Peter Quill. So Peter Quill looking like an absolute stud. Oh, dude. When he pulls Peter up. Was... Doctor Strange, though, long. Then suddenly you realize, shit. There's there's an army now of. I do you know? So you have all these different factions coming in. Where it was the, it was the. And all the Wakanda, Wakandian, Wakandians, Wakandas, Wakandans. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing I'm saying that right. Um, then I you had, so. then you had the Masters of the Mystic Arts, which comes from Doctor Strange. You had, I didn't know this at first, but apparently the Ravagers from, from a, uh, Guardians were there, and I honestly didn't notice. And then you also get the Asgardians too, and this is like. This is going to be the biggest battle in movie history, and it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, there's not enough uh, praise I can give to this scene. Um, I think they they executed it almost perfectly. Oh, I loved it. And everyone, it seemed like everyone got their moment in some sort of way. And that uh, Black Panther, I love... There's just so much about the battle scene that I know that we can't get into because it's just so much that's going on. It's so much, it's so much that's going on. Yet it's so good. It's still perfect. It was shot perfectly because in a scene like that, like, and you look at how many characters, how many superpowers, and what they did in their respective uh, counterparts, they could have mumble jumble that in such a way where we don't get to see everything but we get to see everybody i think even with they took it from the video game from the new spider-man game um was it kill what was the what did you say kill? oh it was kill mode it was kill mode and then that was more of a callback to homecoming to homecoming yeah to home- where, sorry but yeah i was gonna mention sorry. that it's like there's there's so many different callbacks to in this scene that it's like Shit, I can't. I don't know where to start with this. Yeah, and I think it, it was done so well. Like everybody had a piece. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Doctor Strange did what he needed to do. Spider Man needed to do needed to do what he needed to do. Sorry. Um, yeah. And, and Black Panther did what he needed to do. But what? then, go ahead. Then Captain. Here we go, Captain Marvel. Like, I, I, all, all I wanted to see. What was gonna happen when she hits the screen and Thanos is right in front of her? Yeah, and that, in that scene, I honestly, I was like, I completely forgot about Captain Marvel, and then realized. Yeah, I forgot oh, about her too. Captain Marvel exists. Exactly. They they did a good job to keep her off screen. I think in key critical moments, but they brought her when it was right. So she cuts through the ship through the air, 
And then it turns them up, and I'm like, right now, they're they're about to they're about to either make me hate this movie or about to like this movie even more. And it was a perfect sequence and balance when those two fits that the fisticuffs started because everybody knows Captain Marvel basically runs through them if she if she really really wants to, right? Yeah, so that's 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 what that's what the fans are saying, and that's what the theories are. So when I see that fight scene, and it kind of made it balance the way they needed to do it. It was, it, I was just, I, I, I was, um, I was taken back by it a little bit. I was like, okay, this is good. Like, I, I like what's happening. I, I, I like the balance. The one thing I would want more from Captain Marvel is, of course, you had when they're at the base, um, Thor and uh, her have a little interaction with the with Stormbreaker, and he says, "I like her," and um. I would like them to call that back and maybe them do some back-to-back shit uh, dueling Thanos, but I think they they did pretty well with that, uh, with Captain Marvel in general. Oh, and then there are like some other scenes. I love the scene where, with Scarlet Witch where she confronts Thanos, and again, this is a Thanos that is not aware of any of these people, and she's so she's like, you, you took everything from me, and, she, and he's like, I don't even know who you are, and then she's, she comes back You'll you will know who I am after this, and she kicks his ass with like full Scarlet Witch power, and I love Scarlet Witch in this. I really enjoy Scarlet Witch in Infinity War and Age of Ultron, and I really enjoyed her in this, even though it was for a short amount of time. Wholeheartedly agree. So, and then the art scene, the art big thing, rescue with Pepper Potts coming in. I was like, hell yeah, this is what I want. And I think they foreshadowed that a little bit with how cool she was with Tony doing um, doing his time travel stuff. She was the one to convince him with uh, to to do this and to set this off. And I think I think one of the biggest major well, one of the major spots in this movie in that fight scene is when they had all the ladies. Oh, um, that was a badass one too. Scene. And I think it was it just shows how they want to have the like you know the equality with women, you know what I mean? And I think that I think in the later in the later weeks, or you can probably say sometime in the next week, it should be interesting to see how social media uses that clip and how they, they maybe tag it to to other things like as far as equality with men and equality with women and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They're and, being kinda on the same the same uh, stratosphere. And honestly I think some people will say that scene was forced. It was all back to the Infinity War scene where it was Scarlet Witch, uh, Okoye, and, uh, but now Black Widow isn't there, but everyone else is there. And it, Everybody else is there. Yeah. And it uh, leaves a, a legacy where Black Widow was the first like main female superhero in this whole MCU. But now she's gone, but she's not, there's plenty of people following her behind. That's a good spin on it. I, I think that's a good spin on it. Um, so, can we talk about Spider-Man yet? Can we, can we, or am I jumping the so, gun? So, wait, so we already talked about Spider-Man, but how are you wanting to talk Spider-Man in this? Oh, I want to, I want to talk about the emotional stuff, so I think we can, we can hold off. Alright, so, let's, let's hold off on that, because I wanted to talk about the, re, the basically the relay race they have with the gauntlet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So first it starts off with Hawkeye, then he hands it off to Black Panther, then a Spider-Man in kill mode, and then it goes 
then it goes it's it's like a relay race and you're like oh shit they're going to get to the van in time i think they're actually going to do it and then suddenly thanos stops it altogether. stopped it with the double edge blade <laughs> darth maul oh shit i was like really you know what they did though see marvel marvel thinks they're slick and i know game of Thrones fans right now are probably going to be like mm, he's on to something doesn't it feel that they kind of stole that scene from from uh, Game of Thrones where I don't watch Game of Thrones myself, but that was one of the biggest internet memes all last year is when he threw the he throws the javelin or whatever he has. Oh yeah, and the night the Night King there. takes out uh takes out Viserion. Yeah, I watched the show. So yeah, basically, basically kind of like the same similar thing. I I didn't really make that connect. I didn't really make that connection, so I don't think people are going to be too, um, too too upset over it. But I I think it was a good scene. Yeah. So, and then, but whenever Dano's got his hand on the gauntlet again, I'm like, oh shit! Please no! Please no! <laughs> and but then I love that because whenever Doctor Strange came back, he. Tony was asking him, so is this part of the is this part of the, the one plan? And he's and Strange is like, I can't say that, or else it won't happen. And then it looks like it's gonna be Thanos versus Tony. And Tony looks to, to Strange, who is holding like the, all the water back, and he pulls at that one finger saying, This is the one moment after I think I think uh Captain Marvel is holding off Thanos at the moment. Yeah. Then Tony goes in, and you're like, "Fuck, Tony's not gonna win this." And I, they really flip on its head where Tony gets all five, all six stones just out like that, and suddenly his whole hand is a gauntlet. It's a smaller gauntlet. It's not like a the big bulky gauntlet that he, Thanos had. So, question: How does how did that happen? Because I, all through Twitter, I've been reading conflicting things and i i just i think that's kind of where i was like paused and i'm like what did tony start do to the glove to make it then for him to go in so quickly and be able to swim because re- remember it's this is not the the original gauntlet this is tony's this is tony's technology that <laughs> is holding up stones mm-hmm. so i'm guessing he knew something about his own technology and was able to just supply them quickly. He didn't have to do too much energy, but he's fighting for that gauntlet. And I think while Thanos is distracted, just trying to get him off, he's getting all the stones out during. Yeah, stones out, yeah. So Tony's technology wins again. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then, oh, this is the best moment. The last one of his last lines. He says, "Because I think, because he's calling back to what Thanos is saying, we're out of ine- inevitable." Before Thor killed him early, early in the movie, where he said, "Tony says I'm inedible. I am Iron Man." Then snaps, snaps, and you're like, "Shit! What did he do this time?" And then you see that you see the dusting happen, but this time for the bad guys. And it's like this is poetic justice. <laughs> yeah. It didn't really hit me uh, as poetic justice with that, though. I, I think uh, within Tony himself, though, I, I think it, it, it's definitely poetic yeah. justice. And so you see all of them dusting. There is one thing. There's 
one thing though, because the, the new Gamora, the Gamora from 2014 is a completely different Gamora. Because in this film, overall, we don't get there's a few characters that don't come back com- completely. Loki doesn't come back, and within the, the their timeline now, Gamora doesn't come back. Yeah. And, and so they're stuck with a 2014 Gamora. But I swear to God, I saw something happening in the background of the dusting where I thought I saw Gamora get dusted. Because sure I, I didn't, I didn't see her at the uh, at, at Tony's funeral, and I didn't see her on the ship with um with the Guardians and Thor yeah, at the end. Because on the, if you if you look at the Guardians, uh, Peter Quill has the screen open, searching for Gamora. So I'm pretty sure Gamora is still alive, and that it's going to. That's what Guardians Three is going to be all about. But before we go, we move on to that. Oh yeah, okay. So, so Thanos is, Thanos's minions and all of them are dusted away, and Thanos sits down. He knows that he, he's about to be next, and he just set he kicks his head down in shame, and then gets dusted away, just in defeat. <laughs> and I, that was a really good scene. It was. But it, but then you realize the movie is not breaking its rules like it did earlier with the gauntlet, and Tony is on the is in critical condition and on the brink of death now. This is where, where, where I think everyone's emotions got tight, got pulled for sure. Yeah, yep. This is when I heard the sobbing. <laughs> it was about maybe five seats down from me, and I, the guys, because we're all sitting in the, in the one row, and I think. All of us kind of turned to the right. We're like, who's sobbing? Because I thought it was one of my one of my good friends at the end. And I'm like, no, it's not. And it was a girl beside him is sobbing. And then you can hear people in the back sobbing. And I was like, oh, really? You guys love, love, are we crying for Robert Downey or are we crying for, for Iron Man? Both, <laughs> you know man. I mean? Like, it, it was, it, it, I get it. But again, like I said, I don't. I don't think it was that serious, to be honest. So, all right, Frank, what were you gonna say? No, I just said he uh, said that uh, was it um, Tony or is it Robert Downey Jr. And I think both. I think what RDJ has contributed to this um, this this universe is universal. <laughs> exactly, and and so the scene the scene concludes with this. First, it's Rhodey finding him. His best friend. It's Rhodey finding him and trying to hold together, trying to get him figure out that he's in critical condition and he's there. Then, then Peter comes in, where he's like, "Oh no, oh no!" He's essentially he like you said with uh, Tony and Cap switching roles. Peter and Tony switch roles in a way where Peter is trying to comfort Tony now because Tony's going to be the one disappearing. But, but even that has its own little arc where where Peter realizes okay he's he's dead and he can, and he's like he he helps him out and he's like okay we won we won we you did it we we're good we're 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 safe now yeah you, yeah he's comforting him but he, and he's clearly Peter's clearly trying to hold back from crying because he doesn't want to do that from home at that time and so you get the best friend you get the surrogate son and then you get Pepper coming in his wife. And I thought it was great that it ended with Pepper because it started with those two in the end. And Pepper's like, she's holding it together, and but she's like, Tony, you did it. You can rest now. You can relax. We won. And I know that got me on the that got me on the edge of tears. 
And Tony's, I think Tony's last words were, I love you to Pepper. And then. And he's gone. This is really, and it's. And the character that started all is the one dying out, ended. But now here goes the theories, because I think going into this movie, right? And I, I think this reason why, and I don't want to sound like I'm not heartless by any means, but I didn't know who was going to go. Because everybody's speculation was going to be either it's Captain America or it's Iron Man. It was one of the two. That's what a lot, that was what, even the same thing with, with Infinity Wars going into Endgame. You know what oh, I, mean? I thought I thought both of them were going were gonna to go. And that's what I thought also, too. Yeah, I, I, I thought the same. I think, I think knowing, I think knowing Iron Man and, and just knowing, like, the, the power, the power that Robert Downey's character does for the, the Marvel Universe, but not only the Marvel Universe, but, like, you just think of, like, how he's probably most likely, he's been an actor that's been around for so long that's now grown to be now a household name just off of doing his own movie, Iron Man, doing Avengers, right? Is, you know, how much credibility his, his name now even has now, where it's like Robert Robert Downey for all these years he's been acting is now finally, you know, up there with, with a little, a lot of the, a lot of the actors. And so in the end, then it goes to Captain America's funeral. No, Tony, Tony's funeral. Where it's... No, Tony, Tony's, Tony's funeral. Tony's funeral. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm an idiot, sorry. Tony's funeral. And so they're doing... He's buried. They do the memorial in the lake. And I love the callback to where it's the... It's Tony Hart... It's Tony's the original arc reactor in the case where it says, proof that Tony Stark really has a heart from the very first Avenger first uh, t- Iron Man and I thought that was the ultimate pay- payoff yeah uh, it was a beautiful scene the whole funeral scene was uh, was, it was a great send off for Tony I, I think obviously the uh, the 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 first send off with Pepper and and uh, Peter and and Rhodey were was more impactful, but it was it was a nice little bow to tie it tied up into. And then so, then in the end, it's his funeral. Uh, you see all the characters that have survived. Um, you get all the Avengers, the Guardians that are left. There is one guy that behind the Guardians. I was like, who the hell is that? And then I we were it was confirmed that it was the kid from Iron Man three. Grown up. Interesting. Ah. Yeah, so I was I, I was also saying that to myself. Like, who's the who's the kid there? Yeah, I was like, who's the kid right away? Is like and then a video confirmed it because the Russo brothers confirmed it. it was the kid I forgot what the kid's name was, but it was the kid from from Iron Man three that he ran into. Harley, I think. I think so. Harley, yes, Har- it was Harley. So yeah, he ran a Har- Harley was at the funeral, everyone was at the funeral. That was Aunt, Aunt May was at the funeral. Yeah, Aunt May was there. Yeah, was. Which which makes sense because she did meet Tony and and Peter. Uh, like it, he obviously means a lot to Peter, so she has to be there, I guess. But that she's just equated with the superheroes all of a sudden. She's just okay with seeing a big alien uh, dr- in Drax next to her and a, a, a fucking raccoon. Yeah, 
But remember, just, she, she just chilling. That Peter was Spider-Man at the end of Homecoming. Yeah, I know, I know. But I realized that halfway. I was like, okay, but like, you gotta, you gotta think like, oh, there's, there's, there's a fucking raccoon sitting next to me, and it's, it's a little weird. But I guess anything is possible in this universe. Oh, remember, remember what, remember what Romanoff said. Yeah, I'm talking to talking raccoon. Everything is possible in this universe. That's exactly what Natasha said. Yeah. So, and then at the end, they give the task to Captain America to return the stones and Mule. I forgot about Mjolnir. It's like he has to return that too. And so they say, so he goes back in time with Banner, Bucky, and and, uh, Falcon watching, but he doesn't make his five second time jump back. Instead, it's old, it's old Captain America on a bench looking out the lake. It's like, there's a there's multiple questions of like how did he do this, but I wasn't really thinking about that. I was just like watching the scene and watching how it was unfolding. Yeah, and there's there, this is a we can spearhead this with two things. Um, I'm glad that they didn't kill him off, and I'm glad this is how they're gonna exit Chris Evans out of the universe. Uh, have him go back and and be with Peggy, and that's how they uh, speed up time, and then have him come back as an old man. And within the with the happy ending. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad because that's that's more poetic than just having him die for um yeah for the for a battle where he, we already know how honorable he is and how and how dedicated he is to saving the world. I think uh, like you referenced the the arc before how he's uh, now allowed to do selfish acts. That is the selfish act that he's doing, and it's not even that selfish, but it's the perfect send off. But yeah. and, and it also it also goes back to when you see him. They go back to the house, and he, you see him and 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 Peggy and, and looking into each other's eyes, you know, with 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 all the love, love and the abundance. Yeah, it's great. It's 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 a beautiful it's a beautiful uh, depiction of of the scene, and yeah, it, and I uh, think the other thing is. Uh, well, were you gonna bring up the cap stuff with uh, Sam? Oh no, not yet. So okay, well, so then uh, say what you're gonna say. So I was gonna say, yeah, I love that it's just a send off of Captain America. It's giving him his happy ending, and the closing scene of the movie is the most beautiful scene in the whole film to me, just because of how much it's meant, how much it's been building since the original Captain America, the one dance that he really he wanted that he gave up. For this, for this whole movie line, the whole arc, and he makes that selfish move finally in the end after he's done so much, and he gets the happy ending, and it's very, it's beautiful in a way, especially if you're a fan of the MCU, just to get to see that beautiful moment. I know I was tearing up from the from that last scene. Yeah, they went on. The, they went on that date. I'm assuming, exactly. at least. And so now, and then. You're going to talk about where now Sam he he's moving the mantle of Captain America. I honestly thought it was going to go to Bucky, just like the comics, but I wasn't thinking of it going to to uh, uh what's his name? What's Falcon's name? Sam. Sam. I didn't think about going to Sam, but it makes sense in a way. It does, but I do think Bucky and uh and and Steve had a better relationship, so maybe that's the thing, but. Sam, uh, in the in the movies at least, uh, Sam and Cap were up there in terms of 
kinship and uh, buddies. Yeah. And so, so it's not too bad. Exactly. And I did. I honestly, I didn't mind mind it passing at all. Because also, it, I'm not sure of how Anthony Mackie will do as a lead position, as a lead role. But it's going to be interesting seeing another, I think Rory can agree with this, another another black lead character. I, I agree. I agree. And I think that's, I think they want to break, uh, I think they want to, in, in, in how we see a lot of these movies, superhero movies, right? I think they want to add a little bit more of a, of a variety. You know what I mean? I don't think they want to make it just uh, I don't foresee myself want to make it about black and white. Like, let's put somebody maybe of color or somebody that's, you know, could be, I think anybody can play, not anybody can play the role of Captain America, but again, it's like what makes more sense at the end of the day? You know what I mean? And I think when we look at a lot of these movies that now are going to maybe come from this, after now Avengers is now done, what are they going to do with, are they going to do with Captain America? What are they going to do with, say, for instance, maybe Jeff Bruce, we talked about Jeremy Renner, will he get maybe his story arc? Maybe how he became who he became, like as a, as a, as a before the Avengers type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. pre, because I think most of this after, besides Spider Man, um, T'Challa, and uh, maybe even Doctor Strange and the Guardians, I think we're gonna have mostly prequels. The Loki show is gonna be a prequel. The uh, yeah. Nat show is gonna be a pre, or the Nat it's gonna be a movie, the Black Widow movie, right? I think that's gonna be a prequel. It's supposed to taking in the early two thousands. Yeah, no, it's definitely gonna be a prequel, but is it gonna be a show or a movie? I think it's gonna be a movie. Yeah, so there's gonna be a, and then we're gonna have a Falcon and um. And Bucky, I think, a uh, show. So, I think, and I think what we're missing in all this now that Phase 3 is done, let's knock on the door. Let's, let's, at wherever we look at this, of everything that we talk, talked about. For Avengers Endgame, like when the credits were done. And the theory is, it was Iron Man making a suit. Now, where I say, let's, they want to break barriers. He has his daughter. You got Pepper. ABC, a spin off movie, The Iron Man. I don't think so. I think the Iron Man saga is done. I do think Pepper, yeah. I think Pepper will be playing a role in other films and or being at least a cameo type character but i don't think i think the iron man saga is done completely yeah and i think the the metal clinging was just a send-off yeah this is a send-off eh? yeah but you know hollywood though hollywood likes to dibble if there's if there's if there's money at the end of this right and they they can try to make something out of, out of nothing like i'm not saying you Maybe not like an actual Iron, a female Iron Man movie, but like a full blown up one. But maybe something to do like a reference to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense, like maybe his his daughter grows up. Like you know, they they, they don't really want to when it comes to the big screen. Really want to focus too much of intertwined in the comics because if they really did how Avengers Endgame should have ended in the comics, it would be a totally different story. You get what I mean? So. Yeah, maybe dip and dabble a little bit. Maybe you know, start a movie with his daughter. You know what I mean? 
and and kind of play it that way. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because it can add something new to the universe, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I see but, both sides, yeah. But but overall, this was an amazing movie. There's so much we've been talking for an hour and a half, and it's just because there's so much jam-packed in it. We're not even hitting everything that I think we want to talk about. Yeah. We're, there's just, Here's what I'll hit. Here's what I'll hit with this. Because I think that when it's all said and done, and, and I read tweets last night. I, I, I gave all up in the movie, you know, and I, I opened up Twitter and I'm just reading timelines and people went to the early show. I went to the 6.30 show and people walked out of the theater, went into the box office. This is two tweets. And said they bought other they bought another ticket to watch the same movie again the exact same night. And I'm like... Back to back? Back to back. How? A lot of people... I don't, I don't have that kind of time, man. I don't have that kind of time. They must live in little tiny little town because I know that if I go pull up the app where my local cinema is and there's three to four in this city <laughs> population of 500,000 I know all of the movies are sold out so unless they were lying or so, they maybe just trying to do shock and awe tweets and they already had these tickets already pre-booked cloud. So yeah simply I read several tweets yeah because I, I did something because I saw Infinity Ward the last night that we recorded this and then today I was like, I want, I need to go see it again. I have to. And looking at all, either looking at all the seats, they were either sold out or that the because they're all like reserve seating. That they're all either sold out or the front row is the only row available. I don't it's know like, if I'm watching that in IMAX though. I don't know if I'm I'm watching that. No, I, I don't think I'm doing that much myself. That's that's an issue. Is waiting now. <laughs> you know, oh, but, like. So, but I I was able to find a single seat in the middle in the middle of like one of the backer fewer back rows. In the middle seat is like I was just alone. I was like, fine, it's just me. I'll go. So I'm gonna go see it again tomorrow yeah. after I work after work. So like I need to see. You know, it. It's a movie. It's a movie that has, and I think that and somebody summed it up the best. I, I was reading a Facebook post. They said one of two things. They said is even if it gets spoiled for you, go still see the movie. Because now you know the spoilers, you know what other things to look out for. I want, yeah, I want to, I want to add that. Um, I think when we look back on this movie in five, ten years, fifteen years, whatever, it's not only going to be the biggest cinematic event to date, and the and the way they've executed this and in Infinity War, um, have been just masterful, and the with the expectations and the amount of characters you have to get on screen and everything, all that that's been covered. But I think when you look back on this, it's going to be the small things like the conversation between Howard and Tony in, in at the military base that, that shines out to me as, as one of the, one of the bigger small things that, that will be remembered. There's just so much that you're going to be remembered. I know I'm always going to remember that final battle. And I, that's the biggest reason I'm going just to see that scene again. But there's also just so much that you're on the, that you, there's so much that you take away and you remember from this movie, no matter what. Even if it's in the beginning, the middle, or the end, you remember any scene. There's not really a bad scene that you forget about. Yeah, I think that speaks to this week because on Sunday I we have Game of Thrones, and it's the the biggest episode in, in, yet, and the Battle of Winterfell, which is the, the tonight or last night or whenever you saw it, the Battle of Earth. 
uh, is going to set the standard for how people perceive Sunday. I know. I don't know. I don't think either of you guys watch it, but um. No, I don't. I don't. I don't watch. I don't. Yeah, but I. Yeah, I just wanted to. I just wanted to compare it. But I think this. I think that's. It's gonna be the best battle scene of I think of the best battle scene of in cinematic history has to be. Well, okay. do you mean Endgame? No, no just just based. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's the best cinematic scene by far, just based on how much they had, how many characters they had, and how it was just performed flawlessly. Absolutely, but then you have to look at. It. This is when they go into now phase four because we've opened the portal to Thanos, right? X Men once they get their things together with with the distribution and the movie deals and all that other things, uh, what that opens up to. And I think we see Dark Phoenix, right? I know we're kind of segueing here. Oh, I'm segueing a little bit here. Dark Phoenix trailer came out, but then I'm hearing other fanboys of, of Marvel saying. No, I'm waiting till this comes out on DVD, or I can legally get it. I'm like, <laughs> wait, long time. Why are we? Are you? Am I missing something? Because to me, Dark Phoenix, I think, is gonna set the tone for the next evolution. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's there's just so much going on. I think. Having this film and then having Far From Home come out in July now, now we have something else to be excited for because technically that's Far From Home is the end of the Phase 3, but I honestly think it starts Phase 4, and it's something that to look forward to because you just had this amazing event in cinematic history that honestly I don't think it can be topped. It won't be. I don't think it can be beat. Well, we say that now, but when we sit here in 20 years, maybe there's going to be a different, uh, another Infinity War, another Endgame that, and I hope th- so. that a company I hope so. builds up. Well, and I think that's what, I think that's what we have to look at with, with, with Galactus. What, when does that, when do, when do we, when we do, when do we start with Galactus and, and the possibilities, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I think we we've said our piece on everything, right? We've talked for yeah, what, an that. hour and forty yeah. now. So, um, what would you guys give your final grades on this movie? For me, it's going to be it's almost flawless. It's almost a flawless film. Besides some of just some of the way that some like the time travel was explained in some parts, and some of the the pacing of the film near the beginning. It's not perfect, but it's near damn. It's damn near flawless. I'm going to give it nine and a half out of ten. I would say I'm on the same page there. Um, I would need to watch it again. I'm definitely going to watch it again, maybe in the, the next few weeks, because I think there's a lot of things now that you know going into it. Like, like I said, uh, um, it, I, I need to now like, kind of rewatch myself, but. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it nine nine out of ten. It was it was brilliantly it was it was fabulously done and and I think um, when it's all said and done we 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 walk away as fans or it doesn't matter love or hate if you love Thanos you don't love Thanos you love the characters you don't love the characters we feel satisfied and everything. So I agree with both points Ty made and I agree with the point Rory made. So I'm gonna give it nine to nine and a half. 
I think what knocks it back from a 10 is, like you said, the pacing in the beginning. We kind of just jump right into it, and then it, it was a little weird, which I referenced that it felt like Kandak felt connected to Infinity War, and then we moved um, to a different part of the movie. And then um, some of the way the time travel, uh, that was a little flaky. But uh, like, I think the I think the ultimate viewing of I think the ultimate viewing where I think it's it will all make sense is when you watch them back to back together without no gaps directly. So once Infinity War ends, you instantly start Endgame. It needs to be you yeah. viewing it like that. And I agree on a rewatch, it, it could it has definite potential to be a, a ten. Yeah, it's a rewatch because there's, 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 this movie's layered. You know what I mean? And, when, and look at how we broke down the podcast in, in an hour and a half. Like, it's it's a very layered movie. And it's kind of like three hours. We could do the podcast basically hour by hour, which is what we did. But we condensed our version down into it. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like there's things that you can even say that, you know what, like people listening back and like, oh, they probably missed some stuff, if, you know, and whatnot. But it's just kind of natural how it is. We're not going to hit all, all the points. But there, there's a lot to this movie. There's a lot. Trust me. Yeah, and, and if people listen to this and they say, oh, it's too long, like because I've gotten that with some of my longer pods, but with Endgame specifically, I don't think there's any way we could have gone shorter on this. No, no. No, there's no way. So if you yeah. want to listen to it in parts, that's what I recommend, if that's if you want to cut it up, uh, if you don't have the time, because I want to get full content uh, in here. But uh, whatever you want to do to the audience and to you guys if you're going to listen. Uh, oh, I'm definitely going to you got to support, you know what I mean? Like, definitely. I think, I think what we have going on in that, in that, in that group chat there is, is something special. Yeah. And I want to, uh, that's a perfect segue, Rory. Thank you. Uh, yeah. before I let you guys go, if you're not supporting the rise up podcast community yet, uh, go and do that. That's all I got to say. Yeah. So visit to, for the more rise up podcast community for more podcasts, like all of ours. Uh, I'm, I'm actually one of the main admins and founders of Rise Up. So if you want to go find more podcasts like this, find other great podcasts that are all over the place between sports, pop culture, politics, all that different stuff, you can visit bit.ly slash rise up pod community. That's bit.ly slash rise up pod community. Or you can follow them on Twitter at RU pod community to find all the amazing podcasts part of the community. And I want to add to that, like I said, you know, when I look at that group and, you know, having having to see all the countless creators that are in that group doing great things, if it's pop culture or basketball, you know what I mean? And covering their favorite teams. I think it's something new. I think it's something unique because you have people that can do a podcast and just do a general podcast about just basketball, breaking down certain teams. But, you know, when you're focusing on your home team, I think it's that much special. It's that much more rewarding. And so hats off to the, to the community that we have here. And, you know, I, I like to see a lot of you guys, you know, step in, you know, and, 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 and just keep doing the good thing. Keep doing the great things. Should I say? Yeah. And uh, this is on air, but I want to get this on the record. Uh, Ty, I know you're a spearhead for what we're doing. And uh, I want, I do want to thank you. Like, I, I really do appreciate what we're doing here. And I don't, I can't, I can't take all the credit for it. There are some, I have amazing people that went through hell with me whenever we were part of another, a podcast network that treated us very poorly. <clears throat> <and> <clears throat> that, 
you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know, but I have. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you after. Don't worry. I'm not gonna. This podcast network doesn't exist anymore. That we're talking about. So, oh, they're folded like, uh, officially. Yeah. So again, uh, they they are no longer existent from what I've seen. So, but they treat treat my podcast and other podcasts poorly, and we left and we wanted to stay connected as a whole. And this is why we started the community. So we didn't have it hold restrictions over each other's heads. That it was just to help each other spread out. And the guys that joined along with me, I can't, I can't thank them enough, and I can't give them enough credit for what they've done with Landon of the Hot Pelicans podcast, with Matt from the Seventy Sixers Foe podcast, uh, Mac, my own co-host, Jordan from Ballify. There, those guys have definitely helped me get get this thing started and they run most of the stuff to where it is what it is. Yeah. And I'll say, I'll say one thing too. And I think when we look at Twitter and we look at all different elements and, and I want to really have this piece home, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of other networks or other people that are, are trying to view your content and they'll view your content. They may want to collaborate with you and all this stuff. And I'm, this is no digs at anybody in this group. But I think this group is a fabulous group but I'm just speaking from my own experience is that there's going to be certain people that want to work with you just to kind of not say right off your coattails, but what they want to just do is kind of tap into somewhat of your network and whatever they can get, they'll pull away. So you know, this, that's why you just have to make sure, you know, you, you have the time, you, you look at people that are, that are networking you, they jump in the DM and they're, they're having genuine conversation, you know what I mean? And, and that's what I respect with all you guys. Like, to just even to create this podcast, you know, it, was, it wasn't on a whim. It was something that was calculated. We're like, okay, how are we going to do this? Let's orchestrate it. Let's get it done. And boom. For you sure. know what I mean? We did, yeah. Yeah. we did it the way we needed to do it. So, all right. Hats off to you guys. All right. So, Rory, where can they find your podcast, though? Oh, I'm all over, man. I'm, uh, like I said, on Twitter, officially Rory. And the, the podcast, mainly is on it. On Mitchell Reporter podcast. And uh, that streamlines all the way to Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. And for more for my podcast at the line, you can visit our home base at thelinepodcast.com. That's where you can find where all our streaming sites, find our store, and you can also get connected with our Twitter, which is at at the line pod. That's where we post most of our whenever we re- announce episodes, and you can also find links there. And that's mostly where we interact with most of our Spurs fans and our everything else but you can also follow me personally on twitter at ty yeager radio that's ty j-a-g-e-r just like the alcohol radio uh all right so i will drop links to your guys's latest episodes when i tweet uh the link for this out so we'll have that and but you've heard enough of us for tonight i think <laughs> so i'll <laughs> So uh, go watch the movie. Go watch. Yeah, the movie. just, just go watch. Game. Go watch Endgame, man. All right. Uh, I'll I'll see the audience in the next one. All right, that's all I have for you this week. Uh, uh follow us on Twitter at the Clubhouse Fifteen. Follow uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, ratings, reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, really helps out. And I'll be coming to next Sunday probably uh, again back at regular, uh, regular scheduled programming, but uh, with something maybe NBA playoff talk, maybe Game of Thrones. Uh, I kind of want to do some NHL stuff, maybe even baseball. I don't know. 
I'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, see you in the next one.